Today's episode is sponsored by Jonas Paul Eyewear. Stylish kids' glasses with an impact. Mercedes, I know you know about style and your babies are the coolest. You know it. So tell us how cute these glasses are. Okay, listen. It's so hard to find on-trend glasses for kids, and these are the cutest glasses I've seen. Yes. And have you ever used a home try-on kit for glasses? No, but it sounds super fun, and I feel like your kids get to play dress-up. We have Jonas Paul glasses, and this past year, Brooksie, my eight-year-old, needed glasses, so we got a home try-on kit from Jonas Paul. Brooksie loves looking good. He actually legit wore a bow tie all on his own for picture day. Having a kit at home was perfect for him. They sent us seven frames and he had a week to walk around in them and make his own opinion. And it was really nice to not have that quick, we have 10 minutes in a store and there's fluorescent lights and we need to decide feeling. When he picked his frame, We put our order in online and we shipped the box of trial glasses back with the free shipping label provided. Super easy. So you have Jonas Paul glasses at your house and you know what? So does Heather. Yeah, that's right. Mason has them. She's worn Jonas Paul glasses for a couple of years now. We all know that getting glasses to fit on our kids with Down syndrome can be difficult. There's a flatter nose bridge that our kids have and lower set ears, and that can make getting glasses to fit a challenge. Here's the thing about Jonas Paul. Their nose pads are designed specifically for children's noses. They also have these unique adjustable tips that you can bend for a custom fit. So you can make it fit to your child's perfect little face. These glasses are so affordable, half the price of most of the children's glasses out there. Plus, here's the best part, every frame sold prevents childhood blindness in the developing world. It's so great. You know that Jonas Paul now sells glasses for teenagers and our kids are growing up. They're growing up fast and we are gonna need those teenager sizes before we know it. For first time customers, Jonas Paul is offering 15% off. Use the promo code THELUCKYFEW at checkout. Visit their website, jonaspauleyewear.com, to learn more. Hey parents, let's face it. No one wants to think about or plan for the future. It can feel overwhelming and scary. Plus, there are so many other pressing responsibilities consuming our time. But... When we do put in the time and effort to plan, we feel more at peace knowing that we're prepared for whatever life throws our way. Enable Special Needs Planning offers a unique approach to planning that focuses on enabling your child to live a happy and fulfilled life today and every day in the future. Let their team show you how creating a plan for your entire family's success can provide you with the peace of mind you've been seeking. For our listeners, Enable is offering a 10% discount off their planning services. Just mention the Lucky Few podcast when you reach out to them. Hey friends, welcome to episode 54 of the Lucky Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Micah, Mercedes, and Heather. And friends, listeners, lovely people out there, we are so excited today to chat about why it's important to share our own stories and how they can shift the narrative. So thanks for joining us, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast.
Well, hey, ladies. Hey, la- hey, lady. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Hello, hey. lady friends. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm super excited that we're talking about our own stories today and, um, and how significant and important our stories are to know and to share. Um, but before we do, I just want to check in. I want to see how everybody's doing. How are things? We start start with baby brave, baby brave, baby brave. He's doing so good. You guys, this fourth time around, I am like a baby pro. The big kids, I'm not a pro yet. No, we've got to figure (laughs) that out, but I feel like a baby pro and that feels really fun. I really like that part. He's a good babe. And, um, you know, he's not the easiest. He's a little bit fussy, but to me, since I feel more confident, it's not that bad. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I can work through it better than going down the rabbit hole of you guys. He's a fussy baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's crying. Right. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not there at all. It's fine. It does feel. Doesn't it feel different? I mean, I only. I've only ever had three, not four. But I but feel I, like I was good with each. Like yeah, yeah I, second or third. Easier each time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like once you have big kids and you experience what a fussy big kid is like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I can handle this sweet little fussy babe. Yeah. <laughs> you're a cute baby and you're being fussy. That's just silly. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Now, when you're older, I don't want you to be over here who's kicking me in the face. Yes. I feel that ain't like- cute. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And maybe that's it. And it's been really neat because all the kiddos are obsessed with him. Him every second of the day that they all of a sudden like Shepard could be full on two year old tantrum and then I come downstairs with the baby and he's like oh the baby is so cute it's okay baby don't cry and I'm like you're the one you were crying (laughs) you are a tripper and then Sunflower's speech has exploded as she's trying to talk to the baby and she has her little baby phrases that she always says and it's been really fun. And then Rhodes, he's just like taking on his big guy, big brother job just so well. I'm just so proud of all three of them accepting and being excited about Baby Brave. And it's just been really cute. And Baby Brave, he's awesome. I love it, Marcy. You have such good kids. You oh, and Andy are thank such you. good parents. Oh. Poor little munchkies. <laughs> and I feel like I've hung out a little bit with Brave um, more than anyone listening besides Andy, maybe. And, um, he <laughs> not, and anyone listening. <laughs> he is not fussy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. He's I, very he, alert. I, he, I feel like every time we're together, he's yes. just looking at me. Yeah. Like, maybe oh, that's the thing. So he's much. supposed to be a sleeping newborn yes. and he's not. <laughs> he's very much awake. You're like, okay, all four of you are awake a lot. <laughs> so maybe that's what <laughs> Somebody I Somebody go to sleep, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I feel like now that you said that Sunflower's speech is, is blossoming now that she has a baby, I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I need to have a baby. 100%. Compl- that is the, <laughs> that's the answer to Ace's speech needs. Well, I think I compare it to, and I said this at your workshop, actually, Heather, um, to, uh, was it Cynthia or was it Rachel? Who's the one studying therapy? 
Is it Rachel? Rachel. I'm like, okay, you know how there's therapy puppies or dogs? I feel like baby newborns, sleeping newborns are like a therapy tool as well. Because like a little therapy baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you don't want to do a baby, not to pressure you, but you can do a puppy. Oh, a puppy <laughs> and that might, might bring speech or anything cute <laughs> and cuddly where their like nurturing comes out could bring out speech, I think. Okay, well, oh, we'll talk about a puppy first. <laughs> before, before Either way, it's a commitment. Yes, for needs. <laughs> yes. I think this is a lot to commit to with like basically zero um, research <laughs> to back data. It. Okay, get a dog, change your whole life, get or pregnant. a baby, a person, <laughs> bring a person yeah. into your family. <laughs> I'll go have a period of discernment. Yes. Get back to you guys. Discernment. Yes. You guys are so funny. Um, I, so we've had a whirlwind of a weekend by the time this comes out, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, but we had like a crazy busy, well, we threw this event called own your story, which we're going to talk about today. And it is a lot of work to throw an event. As people know, Mercedes is very familiar with this. (laughs) And I, um, and it's a lot of emotional to, uh, to hold because it's like yeah. I am creating something from my head and my heart that I have now got people on board with and then it comes into the world and then oh my gosh it's very vulnerable like what if everyone sure. hates it and it's the worst um, and then we had this really fun opportunity to do this like production thing and I don't know what else I can say about it <laughs> it's it's not it's like friends of ours are hoping to do a show and we would be guests on that show. And it was uh-huh. like a sizzle reel for that. So it's not our show, even though I still dream of a reality show, which I know is bonkers. I don't know if everyone knows this about me. And I think <laughs> people who are, who have reality shows, basically it's not long before their lives crumble. So I know that's the case, but I don't know what it is about it. It sounds so fun. Anyway, well, you could do the last like, Avis standing and just see who. Oh, okay. I mean, I know who's not surviving, <laughs> right? <laughs> not naming names. Um, everyone can guess. So we just had like crazy back to back to back days that were yeah. nuts. And I mostly took yesterday off, um, like the after the weekend. Like I did, I worked a little bit, but I realized that I hadn't had a day off in 20 days. Oh, wow. So there. that felt like I needed to take a day off. Um, yes. and now we're right back in it, getting, getting stuff done. Good. So, well, I'm glad you took a day off and Mercedes and I both got to be at the own your story workshop <gasps> and it was very cool. It so was, cool. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of words to describe it. It was smart. Mm-hmm. It was diverse. Mm-hmm. It was creative it was inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into it, not really sure what to expect. And I came home with pages and pages of notes and um, feeling so filled up from hearing other people's stories. And I think that yes. that was a lot of what you were hoping to accomplish. You did it. Yeah. I'm so, I love to hear that. It, like I said, it's, it's one of those things that I have in my mind, but who knows how it's actually going to unfold and had like a really great team to make it happen. Um, 
I've learned about myself and maybe listeners out there, you guys can relate to this. And I just learned this recently within the last six months or so that I am a 10, first 10, last 10. So like in a, something that's being planned, I'm the first 10%, someone else is the 80% in the middle and I'm the last 10%. Mm -hmm. And I think I used to feel inadequate in that. Like I, ideation is one of my strengths and thinking and creating is one of my strengths, but I'm not good at the middle part. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this whole, I've come to this place where I'm like, no, this is actually great. Like my lane is first 10, last 10. Mm-hmm. And that's my lane. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? 100%. And the person who's 80% in the middle, let someone else do that and don't feel shame. I've always felt like kind of shame yeah. about my inability to execute. Um, but instead we hire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, ideas people and energy people, which is what you are, are are so unique. And so when you are an ideas and energy person, like just recognizing that and, um, letting other people take care of details is, is so important. And that's how amazing things happen. It is. Yeah. So I've I've just like, I've been learning that. And I, so just three months ago, just thought this is what I want to do. And it was birthed from this idea that I think especially in the Down syndrome world is where it came from is the amount of moms who approach me and say, I have a story to tell, but I don't know if I should. And I don't know how, and I don't have enough followers. And um, the Mm. thing that irks me the most in that conversation is when women feel like they don't have enough of a platform to tell their story. Um, And at the end of this conversation, I want to go over the one piece that I want to share with all the followers, which is the seven ground rules for storytelling and comparisons. One of those, we'll get to that. But I just want women to own their story, you know, Mm -hmm. like I want anyone, women, men, whoever to go, this is my story. And it's important because it's mine and no one else can tell it because it's mine. And then to do that and to do it, if one person's listening and to do it, if 20 people are listening or 20,000, whatever it is, and to do it in a way that they feel confident. So I understand as a writer and as a storyteller, like I need to be equipped to do that. Um, And so that's where it was birthed from my dear friend Katie is a professional storytelling coach. And when I thought of it, I'm like, Katie, this can only happen if you're hundred percent on board. Totally. And she was hundred percent on board. So it was awesome. We had 60 people, um, in Redlands. We had people from like Michigan and Boston and Kansas, and then mostly Californians. And it, it wasn't what was in my head and my heart is what happened is what mm. transpired. And so that is great. And then the feedback was great. I so I felt, that. yeah. Exhale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exhale. I mean, I, I think, well, <laughs> your friend Katie was amazing. She was so She's funny. Really she, totally. she just explained storytelling in a way that I'd never heard anybody explain it. And I think that probably for a lot of our listeners, um, when you talk about storytelling, it, that can feel like, what does she even mean? Or what is, you know, I think that a lot of people jump automatically to like, oh, if I tell my story, I have to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And I loved that um, that was not the emphasis of this workshop. It wasn't like being a writer. It was, it was being able to tell a good story around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm glad that you brought up how for people like platform stands in the way or like this idea of, oh, I only have 200 followers on Instagram. So obviously my story is not important. And that, that, that was what we were, you were working so hard to, um, 
to undo for people is that we all have stories. We have different ways of telling them. And maybe some of us have more followers and some of us don't. Maybe it has nothing to do with social media media at all. It's about learning how to say it and share what you know um, and the story that you've been given. Mm. I love that. Um, I got to go and I loved every story and just the tools that I gleaned from wanting to tell my own story. I love, I took away, um, one thing that really stood out that I took away was the being able to tell your story in one minute Mm. and and however long, just like even the simple things of like do's and don'ts and, um, don't sell yourself short, you know, don't say sorry for, Oh, have I told this story before? Um, you're allowed to take up space. You know, Mm -hmm. I loved all those tidbits. I won't give any more away, haha, but I just love all the tidbits about, um, just being comfortable telling your story and what things to focus on and whatnot. I just didn't even know someone could be a professional storyteller. So even mm-hmm. that, and then the lessons that I learned from her, I'm like, oh yeah, the, this, these are totally great tools for telling a great story and the power of an audience, whether it's an audience of one, an audience of stuffed animals, an audience of a thousand, like you have an audience, use it, tell your stories and take up space. I really loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up, what was like a takeaway that you could tell our listeners, like something... For the listeners who are like, okay, I, I want to tell my story. What's one or two things that really stood out to either of you? I kind of liked, um, don't give away the ending. You know how like in our nervousness and our, in our lack of confidence of telling a story, we might get to the punchline right away. Like mm-hmm. if I know I'm going to tell a story about me giving birth, I'm going to say my epidural didn't work and I had to do it. I felt everything. Right. And then I jump into my story. Like I do that to grip the audience. Then I jump into my story. It just robs the story. Like I got to jump into my story and let that like work up to, and I had to give birth and I my epidural didn't work and I was brave and I did it. Like I have to work up to that rather than worrying about capturing their attention and yeah. like letting my lack of confidence show up that way, you know? Yeah. It's the idea of having knowing what your last line is in yes. a story. Like when you're yes. preparing a story, what is your, what is your ending line going to be? And then making your way to that last line. I'm terrible at a last line. I feel like <laughs> even when I'm giving a keynote on stage, as it's starting to end, I'm like, oh, this is feeling really anticlimactic. Like, <laughs> and now that was the end. <laughs> and thank you. And thank you. <laughs> this is Heather Avis, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end. But that's a good reminder. Like this, this is what you're ending with. So know your last line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think what I took away was just this reminder that the world is actually better when we tell stories and listen to each other's stories. Yeah. And I think that that, that sounds kind of simplistic, but, um, you know, one of the things that was so powerful about the day was that Heather had lined up a lot of different people to be five-minute storytellers. So in the middle of having Katie up there teaching us on how to tell our stories, um, people from all different walks of life would stand up and tell their five-minute story. Mm -hmm. And just being invited into these different people's lives 
like expanded my understanding of their world. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that's something that I know, but I think we miss that so much. It's one of the reasons why I love reading mm-hmm. because you read a novel and you're taken into somebody else's life mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now from the perspective of a little boy who is a slave in, mm. you know, 18 something. And, and that's, you know, I could read a history novel about slavery on a plantation in, um, you know, in an, on an island in the Atlantic or whatever. But I, but to read from his perspective mm-hmm. is a whole different thing. It stays with you. That story is in you. Right. And I think that so much in our world, um, so much of the the lack of empathy mm-hmm. and the lack of kindness is not taking the time to listen to each other's stories and yeah. enter in. And listen to a person that doesn't look like you or have mm-hmm. the same life experience as you story. Like you're saying, like this boy that you're reading, like mm-hmm. that's not your same story, but right. it's so wonderful that you dove into that. Um, and get to listen to that. Cause yeah, it just softens your heart and opens your mind. And I felt like the diversity in the group was so important and you Heather and Josh being a diverse family. I feel like that's super important to you. That topic's super important to me. And I know Micah, that's super important to you. And I just felt like being at a workshop that really highlighted that celebrated that was just wonderful. It was just mm-hmm. like, refreshing and um it made the stories more impactful as opposed to going to a place where it's beautiful to feel known and seen and um feel like oh I'm in a place where people have a similar story to mine it actually for me feels refreshing and wonderful to go to a place and be amongst people who don't have the same story as mine who don't look like me and are sharing. Like to me, I feel actually more comfortable in that. I really love that. And then the comparison kind of breaks down because everything is so different. I don't know. I just, a lot, I feel like that makes me more comfortable. And so I felt very comfortable in that room and ready to learn (laughs) and listen. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that you guys noticed that because I feel like one of my most intentional spaces for creating in the creation of it was the diversity in the storytellers. And because, and I think this is important for our, our, our listeners who have a loved one with Down syndrome, like we need to hear the stories of others in order to understand huma- humanity more fully. And if we stick ourselves in an echo chamber, then we really are shutting ourselves off to what it means to be fully human and what it means to like have unity and understanding about the human race really. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's why it's important for us raising kids with Down syndrome, right? We're we're raising children who find themselves in a minority group. And most of the spaces we step into, we are the only person representing that group. Most of the spaces, like we can go to conferences and events where we're with people who have a kid with Down syndrome and that's also important and that's another conversation, but it's very important, you know, for a person of color to be around people of their ethnicity, you know, Mm -hmm. like those are important places, but we have to, as people who have a child with Down syndrome, share our stories with the world. Like we Mm -hmm. have to get our story out there in some way. Um, I think the dignity of the people group of Down syndrome depends on it. Like, and you could even go super dramatic and be like, their survival depends on it when you look at termination rates across the globe, you know? Right. 
So then um, we, we have to, yeah, we have to do that. And that was part of the hope of this too, like equipping people to do that so they can do it with confidence and not feel too insecure in that. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, I love that because I think it's easy in social media spaces to be like, oh, well, that's Heather Avis. She's the one who talks about Down syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, or like that's that person. That's, that's her story to tell. And that we are all in our spaces. We're all in our individual schools, our communities. We are, we really are stepping into that space. And it's important for each of us to, to know our story and to tell it well. Um, it's not just for the people who, um, who seem like they're professionals at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to share one thing from the workshop that I think, uh, I know that both of you guys came a little bit later. This was the very first thing Katie and I did together. Okay. And it's this, the ground rules for storytelling. So this is, this is from our workbook and a part of the workshop. And it's, um, we actually have created the workshop mostly due to demand into an e-course. So you can, if you couldn't attend, you can do it from the comfort of your own home in your pajamas and um, at your own pace. And you can get the entire workshop, including a whole section with every storyteller. You can hear all the stories. And we had a panel about um, your platform and how to choose a platform. And Micah was on that panel talking about being an author. And then we have all all three of the um, workshop, what's the word you guys? Sessions, sessions. (laughs) But we start with the ground rules, which is also there in the workshop and I'm going to go through them real quick. Okay. Number one, great stories are interested before interesting. Um, and oftentimes I think people approach a story like, like, or people approach storytelling and hearing stories like, well, I, I'm also very interesting, you know, like waiting Mm -hmm. for someone to finish their story so that then they can tell their story, finish the story so they can tell their story and jump in. But remembering that if you're going to be a great storyteller, you're going to be interested in the person telling their story before you're trying to be interesting, that that comes first, being an interested person. Like Mike is reading a book about slavery, you know, like being interested in what's happening in the world, what's happened in the world and what's happening with people around you. Number two is each of us are story seekers and story stewards. So it's similar to being interested over interesting, but seeking out stories and looking for where you can hear good stories um, is going to make you a great storyteller. There's things like, there's a thing called Moth Radio that you can, we'll have a link in our show notes, but you can also just Google it. And it's people telling stories, being storytellers and listening to those kinds of stories, seeking out stories. When you're in a, interacting with people, not trying to be the person telling the story, but really listening and being a story seeker. And then stewarding stories well, um, you can retell a story and I think as an adult, you know when it is appropriate or not. So we're not going to be gossips. There's a difference between being a storyteller and being a gossip. Right. And when you hear somebody's story, recognizing that that's a real sacred thing that you got to do. Like you, mm-hmm. someone imparted themselves to you and you get to hold that in a, in a way that's honoring to that person. Um, steward it well. Number three, the question is not who will listen to my story, but who will my story serve? Um this is for our audience, friends. It's for all people. But if you are someone who is seeking out to have a platform as a storyteller, whenever you put something into the world, making sure that you're saying, who is this going to serve? Not focusing on who will who is listening. 
Mm-hmm. So the word that will change the words that you put out into the world. Are you putting them out there because you want people listening or because you're very aware of who it will serve? We speak from scars, not wounds. That's a Nadia Boltzweber quote. Nadia Boltzweber is an incredible storyteller and theologian, and you should all be familiar with her as well. Yes. And that's just simple. Simply, it's a lot of people are holding on to stories that are still happening and there is a wound from that story. And until that wound is scarred over, that story is not ready yet. So if you have a story that you need to tell and it is coming from a wound, give it time. I mean, I would, I'm very serious. Seek out therapy, um, get to a place where once it's scarred over, then you know you're ready to tell the story. But when we tell a story from wounds, it's that idea of hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are telling a story from a wound, there's a chance that you will end up hurting somebody in the process of that story instead of putting it into the world to help which you can do from a scar. Yep. All right, three more. You guys ready? Questions, yep. comments, concerns? Number five, today we won't find your story. So this is the idea that, that you don't have a story. Um, I remember when I, after The Lucky Few came out, the next day a good friend of mine asked if I was going to write another book. And I said to her, oh no, I just have, I just have this story. And then two years later, I wrote another book. So Mm -hmm. the idea that you have a story is just not true. And I think we can get wrapped up in that in the Down syndrome community. Like my story to share is my diagnosis Mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. We are in in the middle of a living, breathing, evolving story. And I think that's good. Can I just say it? Yes, absolutely. that whole idea of letting your wound heal, like sometimes mm-hmm. stories come in seasons and, and when that season is over, then that, then it's, that makes sense that mm-hmm. it's time to tell that story. Um, mm-hmm. But just as you had what you saw as being your one story when you wrote the lucky few, like that in the next season, a new story has came to you because mm-hmm. it's always happening. It's always mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, number six, my story is not created for comparison mm-hmm. and we live in a social media world mm-hmm. and that is what it, it has become. I think that we, it is constantly, we were inundated with what others are doing, how they're doing it, in what way, how do we do it just like them? And there can be a place for that, but telling your story, if you're going to be a good storyteller, your stories are not created for comparison. Our stories mm-hmm. are not created for comparison. So as we tell them, um, knowing also that we're hoping people are going to be story seekers and being interested in our story for the sake of our story. So we can't get caught up in comparison. When we do that, we're creating a sense of scarcity, like there's not enough to go around. Um, and it's just not true. And our our stories are less powerful when we tell them from a place of scarcity or yeah. with uh, the idea of comparing it to someone else's story. Mm-hmm. And last, number seven is influence is never numeric. And this just goes back to what we've talked about so many times. And we've even said this on this episode that whether one person is listening or a hundred thousand people are listening, that is influence. And so to remember that as you're owning your stories, that your influence that you have in your space, it's not numeric. It influences influence one person and five people. So that's what we got. Those are the own your story ground rules. Feeling all the rules. Yes. <laughs> Our backup singing. Um, somebody on my social media on a story, I was talk singing. I talk sing. If you didn't know, what's talking? 
talk, talk singing singing talk. No, talk singing like, like what we're doing now i need a cup of water yeah. and she commented i really hate it when you talk sing <laughs> so you're like this one's for you oh my gosh that's like when that girl told us her husband was like that's the worst thing oh, i've heard that song shut her up <laughs> i do sort of feel like um heather if somebody doesn't like you talk singing you should they just need to unfollow you which was my advice to her uh, yeah, you know like this is just this is me my friend so yes. if you're gonna think i'm a good follow then you gotta be okay with it yes exactly no i told her oh my gosh there's so many other people you can follow thank you for the feedback <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot. Okay. We we should wrap this episode up. Um, but what's a word of advice or an encouragement for the listeners speaking specifically to people in the Down Center community who want to tell their story? What do you want to tell them about owning their story? Mm. Well, I think, you know, there's there's so much that we discussed over the day on Saturday. Um, but I think it's really important for especially for those of us in our generation who um, just kind of jumped into social media, had our babies, put them out on the <laughs> in those spaces um, to at the to to really wrestle with um, what does it mean to be a good steward of my child's story mm -hmm. and um, to see what what is my story to tell to use that story. Um, to be responsible for it and also to step back when maybe it's not the time or space to tell my child's story mm -hmm. or to, to be wise mm -hmm. and shrewd when it comes to what am I going to say and what, it, what is not mine to say. And, um, you know, there's no clear answer to those things and we've discussed it before on the show, but, um, I think the most important thing is that we are aware as we're telling our stories that as parents, um, we've got to wrestle with what to share and what not to share and why do we mm. make that decision? I mm. love that. I love the, um, also the reminder when we were at the workshop. Um, and I think it is totally prevalent in our Down syndrome community is to be storytellers and story listeners mm -hmm. as well. Um, I just feel like there's so much to learn about telling our own story when we listen to other people's story and not to steal from other people's stories or, um, or to take from, but, um, my good friend Elise talks a little bit about borrowing words. Like sometimes it's hard mm. to put into words, maybe your own experience. And then that's why it's so beautiful to read and to listen to poetry because then you're like, yes, that describes mm -hmm. exactly how I feel, you know? And sometimes it's hard for us on our own to come up with those words. Um, but it's so wonderful when you can listen and be like, yes, you, Micah, said exactly what I was thinking about 
And then right. in your story, be like, my good friend, Micah shared it this way. And I, it really resonated with me. I just feel like that's the beautiful thing about storytelling mm-hmm. is that you can, it has a chance to ripple into another person's story and then into another person's story. And yeah. I, um, I really like that thought of like telling your story and also listening to stories and, um, borrowing other people's words to help express yourself. And then you're lifting up another person's story. I don't know. It's just a beautiful ripple. It is. Storytelling. Yeah. And that's that connection piece. Like you hear someone's story that you think, oh, I don't, I don't relate to this at all. And then you hear that line, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that. And just being grateful that people are putting their words out there. Right. Okay. Before we go to good news, I'm going to end with a Michelle Obama quote, friends. This is not a political thing. This is just a good quote. (laughs) And for everyone who's curious, I like Michelle Obama a lot. Okay. (laughs) Okay. For everybody listening, if you don't see that your story matters, chances are no one else will either. So even though it isn't always easy, it's important for you to find the strength to share your truth because the world needs to hear it. I think it's time for good news. Before we go to good news, I'll just say this again. Go to go to theluckyfew.com and you can do the workshop online yes. and get all of the content online. We will be doing another live workshop. So you can also just sign up for the email there and know when that's happening. Um, and then reach out with questions, comments, or concerns because all of us are for you and we want your stories in the world. And we that's all right. three are here cheering you on for sure. Mm-hmm. That's right. Philip Clark founded Enable Special Needs Planning thanks to the positive impact of his younger sister, Sarah, who has Down syndrome. He began his career in the planning industry, but quickly realized the industry standard of special needs planning only focused on preparing families for what happens when the parents can no longer care for their child. As a proud older brother, he knew this style of planning wasn't good enough and that his sister and families like his deserved a plan that focused on allowing for a happy and fulfilling life today and every day in the future. Because of Enable's unique approach to planning, the organization now serves families across the country. Their five-step planning system and online planning portal guide families through a comprehensive planning process. The Enable team has taken the guesswork out of planning and made it easy for families to provide their children with every opportunity to live out their full potential. The true benefit of working with Enable is having a team of experts guiding you every step of the way. The Enable planning process will give you peace of mind knowing you're doing everything possible to plan for a great life with your entire family, including your child with special needs. For our listeners, Enable is offering a 10% discount off their planning services. Just mention the Lucky Few podcast when you reach out to them. Today's episode is sponsored by Jonas Paul Eyewear. Stylish kids glasses with an impact. Mercedes, I know you know about style and your babies are the coolest. You know it. So tell us how cute these glasses are. Okay, listen. It's so hard to find on-trend glasses for kids, and these are the cutest glasses I've seen. Yes, and have you ever used a home try-on kit for glasses? No, but it sounds super fun, and I feel like your kids get to play dress-up. We have Jonas Paul glasses, and this past year, Brooksy, my eight-year-old, needed glasses, so we got a home try-on kit from Jonas Paul. Brooksy loves looking good. He actually legit wore a bow tie all on his own 
drone for picture day. Having a kid at home was perfect for him. They sent us seven frames and he had a week to walk around in them and make his own opinion. And it was really nice to not have that quick, we have 10 minutes in a store and there's fluorescent lights and we need to decide feeling. When he picked his frame, we put our order in online and we shipped the box of trial glasses back with the free shipping label provided. Super easy. So you have Jonas Paul glasses at your house and you know what? So does Heather. Yeah, that's right. Mason has them. She's worn Jonas Paul glasses for a couple of years now. We all know that getting glasses to fit on our kids with Down syndrome can be difficult. There's a flatter nose bridge that our kids have and lower set ears, and that can make getting glasses to fit a challenge. Here's the thing about Jonas Paul. Their nose pads are designed specifically for children's noses. They also have these unique adjustable tips that you can bend for a custom fit. So you can make it fit to your child's perfect little face. These glasses are so affordable, half the price of most of the children's glasses out there. Plus, here's the best part, every frame sold prevents childhood blindness in the developing world. It's so great. You know that Jonas Paul now sells glasses for teenagers and our kids are growing up. They're growing up fast and we are gonna need those teenager sizes before we know it. For first time customers, Jonas Paul is offering 15% off. Use the promo code THELUCKYFEW at checkout. Visit their website, jonaspauleyewear.com to learn more. Boom. Now it's time for some scene talking. Scene Good talking. Turn up the volume. <laughs> turn it up, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> Good news. Bring it down. <laughs> okay, I have good news. Yay. Woohoo. Um, Sunflower Mailara um potty training check check. And we're oh. on to talking. And recently when I've come home or we've been apart for a little bit, um, the first thing she wants to do is tell me about her time in some sort of words. The best she can is, um, yeah, tell me what she did, which is so huge. Like, I don't even have to ask. She'll just, like, try to go into some form of way of letting me know what our time apart, what her experience was. And that just means the world to me. I really love that. <sighs> That is the best. I know. It's It's like such a huge development skill. I know. And that's Baby Brave, everyone. Love you, Baby Brave. (laughs) That fussy baby. (laughs) Fussy baby. Talk singing. Um, I have something from a listener, but before that, Mike, did you have something for Ace? I do. Um, We, I feel like this is an ongoing thing. I've spoken about so many times on here, but Ace is uh, struggling to sleep through the night again. Um, we'll kind of start to get get a hang of it, and then we'll have uh, something that kind of makes things hard again. And traveling over the holidays made it hard again for us. Mm-hmm. And but last night, um, after his OT was here, we talked a lot more about 
new things we could do to meet his sensory needs before bed. And I just have the best husband in the world. And I told him, your job is to just go hard after dinner. Like all the throwing and running and swinging you can do. And so he and my oldest son, August, were just like running and singing up and down the halls with Ace and doing wheelbarrow and swinging and throwing him on the bed and all kinds of things. And um, <laughs> amazing. And Ace slept through the night for the first time in two weeks last night. So, oh, thank um, you, Jesus. Yeah. So I think it's we're. It's always, we're just figuring out as we go, but I'm just super thankful that um, I have such a great husband and um, kids who are up for playing hard with Ace and helping him. And I love that Ace's problem is that he needs more swinging and jumping in his life. So let's do it. Do that. (laughs) You're a good mama, Micah. You've got a good family. Thanks, Um, You're working real hard for that little guy, well, for all of them. So Mm, applauding you, friend. Okay, we have good news from a listener, Kylan Chan on Instagram, who wrote, my boy went on a field trip with his kinder class and he was fantastic. Lots of high fives, vibes from his friends, lots of smiles, lots of fun. We celebrate that. It's good news. Good job. Field trips. That's a thing. So fun. So Uh, fun. We also have good news from Momming with Charity, um, who said, we just found out that my eight-week-old with DS officially does not have any serious heart issues. He has a small opening, but it doesn't affect him negatively. So yay, hooray. And good news. we're so, so thankful to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that is really good news, friends. As always, we want to hear your good news about your loving with Down syndrome. You can leave us a voicemail at 424-442-9147 and share your good news. And if you have a product or a business that wants to help us shout the worth people with Down syndrome, we love to partner with you. You can email hello at the lucky few podcast.com for all sponsorship opportunities. And as always, a huge thank you to our editor and producer, Andy Lara, our co-producer, Val Schleter, our sponsor, and all of you who have shared the Lucky Few podcast with friends, who have listened faithfully, who have subscribed, and who cheer us on. Don't forget, you can be a part of that. If you're not doing those things, now's the time. And you can subscribe right now, That's right. as soon as we're done. And you can also leave us a review. The reviews and the subscriptions, friends, are important because it gets the podcast up to the top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know a lot about whatever the technical the, terms, is, the but essentially journalist. more people get to hear it. That's More right. people get to hear it. And while this is a Down Syndrome specific podcast, we also know people who are not in the Down Syndrome world can benefit greatly. Right. Um, so keep on doing that. Go over there and subscribe, leave a review. And then remember that you are dear listener supporting a loved one with Down Syndrome. You are a shouter of worth and you are a narrative shifter and you are a storyteller. That's so right. Keep on keeping on. We are cheering for you. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcasts. Remember to review our show on Apple Podcasts and check us out on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. You can also support the show now via anchor.fm just by going to the website, scroll down to the bottom, and you can begin your support right now. Lastly, send us your good news by going to theluckyfewpodcast.com and sending us a message via text, voicemail, or email. See you next time.